Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Sansi with Andrea Hayes. She is a well-buried individual. She's been in the media, on radio and TV. She has been the editor of Wedding Magazine. She writes and she has a book, Pain is Right, Wellness. Hello and welcome to the show, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, Aaron. It's such a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. And it's lovely to exchange our thoughts together tonight. Tell us about how pain entered your life. Honestly, I think I was probably born with pain. I have a history of chronic pain since childhood, actually. And I had a hearing problem as a child. And ironically, until around the age of eight, I couldn't properly read or write. And that's quite ironic now as a best-selling author of four books, somebody that couldn't read at eight and was sitting at the back. I, I laugh telling the story. I used to sit at the back of my classroom with the boy who ate crayons on the nature table. And I didn't know why I was there and I was very detached because of the hearing problem and I had pain at the back of my head so I wouldn't have called it a headache. So I went in and out of hospital quite a lot and I would have had a lot of isolation. But fast forward then um, over 20 years as I became older and more aware of my own body and wanting maybe to have children and starting to look after my own health um, as my own person not looking after my parents or whatever I discovered that I have a condition called Chiari malformation one which is a brain malformation something I would have been born with and I have other conditions like POTS and EDS mild EDS and spinal stenosis disc degeneration and various other conditions that would lead to chronic pain and other issues that would kind of outline why I would have had pain and and a hearing problem from a young age but it's something that never has defined me but it certainly did bring me on a different path in life and it it actually made me write pain-free life my journey to wellness which was my first book because as, as you mentioned i work in tv and my background was in highlighting animals in pain and i was very passionate about animal welfare and I had done I think about 56 episodes at the time of Animal A&D. It was a very successful series on TV3. It had sold internationally. It was you know, shown over in the UK on Channel 5. It was shown over in America and I pitched an idea about people in pain, people living in chronic invisible pain and they didn't want to do it. So um, I kind of got a bit dispirited by that and I decided that I needed to take some time after you know, all this hard work and really start working on myself. So that's what I believed. You know, I just wanted to work on myself. And through that, then I was led onto a new path and writing came out of that. And a real learning of my own mind, body and soul and my own health was kind of, um, it it was the seeds of a a different path for me. What interested you in entering the world of, of media? My background is in television production. And I suppose I like to be organized and I love... TV is a medium, maybe because I couldn't hear, I could see, so it was very visual and it was something that always attracted me. So actually when I went, I never had a plan to become um, a presenter of television. I am a presenter of radio and TV, but really I'm a very good 
producer. And I think that's why I've been able to produce four books in three years um, because I'm, I'm quite good at, you know, putting my mind to something and there's a beginning, a middle and end pre-production production and then your post-production and then your final delivery of the product. So what actually happened was when my dad passed away in 2005, I took a short break from Windmill Lane where I'd worked as a studio manager and post-production supervisor and went into TV3 as a voiceover artist, which was quite ironic, but that led me on then to becoming a TV presenter. And I felt I was almost having imposter, you know, I felt I was an imposter. I was like, I'm not a TV presenter. I'm actually just passionate about animal welfare. And this is just a program, you know, that I'm associate producing, but also presenting. So after that, I went on to be the executive producer, for example, of the new show, Dog Tales. And I'm working on a show now for the last two years, which is about wild animals. Now, again, I'm just presenting this show, but working with a fantastic team that I know for many, many, many years. So I radio, again, I just love the medium of the intimacy of radio, having that connection conversation without the visuals um, because I have a hearing problem. Perhaps you have to listen that bit more deeply. And it's just, you know, I love people, so I like connecting with people. I do a lot of charity work. There's so many different areas that interest me, but media was the one that I studied over two decades ago, and, and it certainly has been a solid foundation for all the other things that have followed in my career. Why are you so passionate about animals? I wrote a book called Dog Tales. It was my third book, um, Dog Tales. And the little synopsis that they wrote at the back, I had said in my writings, you know, maybe animals and dogs are animals, are angels in disguise. You know, it often seems like the right owner or that right dog just comes into that person's life at the right time, that perfect time. It's like as, as if a miracle has occurred because animals provide such joy and healing and they're so patient and yet they can be so courageous they're so grateful i mean i've never known a dog every dog always greets you with a wagging tail and a really smiley face but you may have left your dog alone for three hours or you know i just feel that particularly dogs but all animals are maybe have those perfect virtues that i think is missing in society you know gratitude love patience joy healing and I think as well, because I unconsciously feel I have this connection with them, th- there's no talking required. I think we are conversating, you know, there's an energy that's been exchanged. There's a conversation that's happening on a, a non-verbal level. And because of my hearing problems as a child, that kind of seems to resonate with me. Um, so I'm very passionate about animals. I'm very passionate about conservation. Um, the new show, um, which is coming out in April, um, it, it, it's all about education and conservation and making sure that endangered animals and these incredible species are not lost forever because of slashing and burning in rainforests and because of palm oil and other things. So it's just it's just something that really, I don't know why, I don't know where it comes from, but it, it makes me very happy to work around animals and it just fills me with joy. And, and some incredible miracles have happened when I'm working with animals. One of the things that happens is I seem to be able to manifest one of the biggest things that I prayed for and miracles in my life, which has been pregnancy. I've, I've been very, very blessed to have two children and considering various different issues that I had with my health and being told through IVF I wouldn't be a suitable candidate, I managed to have two healthy children, but both were conceived and carried while working very closely with animals. So they bring me into this unusual healing space that I feel very comfortable in. And um, I, I really think they have a lot to teach us actually. 
Yeah, you, you must have discovered that through presenting the, the programs of the hidden talents that animals have. Yeah, it's weird. I think I, I believe in God and I'm very open about my religion or when I say God, a higher power, that can be anything to anyone. I believe that there is something bigger than ourselves. I pray, I meditate um, and I suppose I believe in a universal power that can shift energy and align events and certain things can happen and we can achieve our desired outcome. But one of the biggest transitions for me is that very often I went to other people, you know, maybe healers or fortune tellers, for want of a better word, or whatever they were. And I, and I thought that certain people possessed a kind of a magic that could help me. And there is a special magic formula, but what's incredible is that the magic is within ourselves. And when you are aligned to your own unique energy and your true values and your heartfelt vision of what is the perfect version of you, these incredible miracles can manifest. But when you're off that path of perfection of what you were created for, I feel that you go off, um, it's like a navigation system. You can just go off for a little while and you're not living your truth. But I, I believe that this was what I was meant to do in life and I'm attracted to projects that really inspire me. And when I'm inspired, I believe I'm in spirit. And I, I, you know, I mentioned the Holy Spirit. When my whole body is inspired, my mind, my body, my soul is inspired, in spirit, working with the Holy Spirit, that divine energy from above, something incredible happens. Miracles happen. You know, what's not achievable, you know, it becomes, people would say, how did you write four books in three years? I don't know, but I was so inspired. I often say I almost like downloaded them in some way. I just kept writing and eventually they manifested. And, and similarly with the TV programs, because I do live with chronic pain daily and it can be very challenging to do things that I'm not very passionate about. But once I'm passionate about something, I seem to have this amazing ability. And it's kind of why I studied clinical hypnotherapy and I'm so passionate about neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to change itself and constantly create the new neural pathways, losing the older ones that don't serve us anymore. Maybe we were told in childhood, like I was told, you, you know, you'll never be maybe very good reader or writer or you'll never be very good at a certain thing because I wasn't very academic. But when you just change those negative messages and replace them with positive ones or replace, I think just replace them with truthful ones, find out who you truthfully are and be true to yourself, whatever that is. You know, even if your true self is maybe not a very social person or your true self is not really very happy around certain friends that have been in your life all your life, everything has an expiration date. So don't be afraid to let go of people, situations, jobs, things that do not resonate with your true inner self because everything is just, you know, it's material. It's, it's everything. We're all just going through this life. We come into with nothing we go out with nothing so you've nothing to lose by following your heart's desire and that's something that i've become really aware of don't get too caught up in material things or, or situations that's just my own feeling so um yeah i just I, I kind of um i believe in my in my own way forward and i've always trusted that vision and that motivation and commitment and persistence to always want to learn more about myself and hold that vision of unconditional love for myself that anything is possible and things have manifested but there's been hard times as well Aaron so it's not all easy you just have to know that this too will pass which is a great um quote that 
has been said many times before. Tell us about how you came across your chronic illness. Well, I, as I said, I was born with it, so I know no different. I, I, I've had the hearing problem all my life. I've learned to hear better because of different operations that I've had, but I've always had pain. So I actually never realized how serious my pain was really until after I had my second child and I had a spinal leak. I had one when I was 15 because I had uh, meningitis and they have to take a little bit of spinal fluid and I had a really, really bad headache and my chronic pain became hugely worse after that, but it wasn't diagnosed at that age. But after I had my second daughter, I had, um, there, you couldn't get an epidural and I um, three epidurals that went in wrong and they caused a little hole in my in my spine in my nerves back my spine basically through the imaging and the scanning of getting you know a scan I, I found out that I had the Chiari malformation through further tests then I would have discovered um, the POTS and POTS is a condition where your blood doesn't your heart rate doesn't kind of equalise so sometimes I would faint and various different things and in EDS for anybody who knows these these conditions, it can be quite challenging. But I, I kind of always have had them. That's the thing. I was born with them. So I suppose they have really shaped how I see the world and shaped how I perceive pain. But one of the most biggest breakthroughs for me during my 20s and certainly my 30s, I was focusing a lot on pain. And I think what you focus on grows bigger. So it's very important for me to really kind of look at my life in a different way and I started to focus on where my mind was thinking and you know the power of positive thinking was a great book that I read and I started doing the clinical hypnotherapy and NLP and that was all about unlocking the potential of my mind so I stopped to think about pain and I started to actually retrain my brain and to interpret pain very differently and quickly that shifted and that really harnessed the power of my mind and, and that I suppose was my next book was my life goals journal wellness strategies to transform your life I believed you know god I was setting all these goals and achieving them and you know I really felt that I could share something that could help other people and it was all just about what neuroscientists have been saying for many years and a lot of athletes would do this as well and even world leaders Oprah would talk about journaling and talk about you know self-awareness and you know meditation and your subconscious mind and that's the key to success so that really helped me initially it was to help me deal with my pain which was very successful but overall it became an incredible um, tool just to become a better person and to find out more about my true self and to fulfill you know I suppose whatever it was in life that I wanted to achieve and for me that was to have a second child which has been a, a huge blessing so um, I've been very lucky in life but I put the time into myself and I, I really I spend a lot of time in, in self-inquiry and prayer and meditation and mindfulness and that can be just a walk in nature and just honoring you know what's around us and, and handing things over you know letting go and letting God or whatever it is take over which can be difficult at times but you know I think it's really something that's helped me create more balance between my mind body and soul and to achieve the enlightenment or the self-awareness and true happiness that I truly desired and that I had been searching for for years. So that's something that I've been able to harness in the last couple of years, and it's given me a great anchor in my life. And part of that is my faith. You know, I am a very spiritual person. I'm doing a course with the Jesuits at the moment. I'm a spiritual companion. I've worked in my church as a grief minister, and it's just a personal thing for me, but it's something that I really enjoy, and um, I'm very happy to be open about my, my values and my core kind of spiritual beliefs. Did it take long to transition from the mindset of pain to positivity? Um, it 
did, to be honest, because when you have a neuropathy, particularly a chronic pain, because I had that since I was a child and it, I had created this neuropathway um, and for the brain to rewire itself, it does require a lot of practice, a lot of time and to form a new behavior or a new belief, you really have to challenge the brain because the subconscious will only accept what you truly believe to be true. So if you keep saying to yourself, I will be a success or I am pain free or I will win an Oscar or whatever it is you're saying, if your brain doesn't truly believe it, then that's when it will not become reality it's like the they talk about it in the secret and many other best-selling books so you have to actually change how you feel and your visualization is very important and you know the brain can become lazy or the brain can become that they believe the neuropathy the pain is in their body so if you choose to focus not at all on pain I, I took the word pain out of my lexicon and started to use the word sensation so I started to focus on whatever it is I was trying to attract like I was speaking to people recently and I was saying you know about two years ago I didn't want to lose anything else I'd lost four pregnancies I didn't want to lose any more degeneration on my back and I just I didn't even want to lose any weight and most women of a certain age always want to lose weight. I just wanted to gain wellness, gain health, gain positivity, gain all of these beautiful attributes. And I focus on that. So what you focus on expands. So it took me a while to continuously, persistently, daily focus on wellness. And it did, it was over a year. And that's why a lot of my journals are a year. These strategies are one theme that you'll focus on for one month in the new book, Mind, Body, Soul Journal, or that or my Life Goals Journal. It was one theme that you would focus on for a whole month, and that was supported by journaling, um, questions, prompts, and also free meditations on my website, andreahayes.ie forward slash media. So everything is free. You know, whether you like the hypnosis or the meditations or the affirmations, but all of that stuff supports it. And if you don't like my stuff, find something else that will support that. But one theme a month really works. And I think in a month you can make a little bit of a shift, but certainly over a year you can make a bigger shift. And then as you do it every day, as it's part of your daily life, there can be a huge transformation. And that's what happened for me. Now, I don't, unfortunately, Aaron, I don't have the key to... Um, cure chronic pain. I still have all of the illnesses that I was diagnosed with, but they don't have the outcome and they don't affect me in the, in the same way. I manage them differently. I have good and bad days, but I have a lot more really good days than I have bad days. And, and that's a huge success for me. It's not about the cure. It's about how you manage the success through your, your daily life. I think it's more important. Yeah. Which did you discover first? Was it hypnotherapy, Reiki, or did they come side by side? To be honest, I pray a lot and I believe that the right people, situations and things will come into your life at the right time and sometimes you're not ready to see them. For example, there was a funny book that I had bought twice, a tiny little book, it's called um, The Daily Examine. Many people have written different versions of it and it's a prayer, it's an ignatious um, spiritual exercise type book, very, very small book. I bought it, as I said, two times and then somebody had given it to me and that was three times, I have lots of books at home. And over the period of 10 years, I've had this book and I didn't kind of read it properly or didn't engage with it. And now I'm doing an Ignatius course, which is based on the Jesuits. So the question that you asked about, did I find, you know, Reiki or or the hypnosis 
I suppose I didn't find either. I was finding myself. And when you go into your inner awareness and when you start to meditate and you really want to connect with that true self, you know, the, both the good and the bad, the real self, the higher self or the higher consciousness, the oneness, the I am, with one with everything, then you will find whatever it is you need to find that you're searching for. So all of these tools and tricks and tips just happened to come into my life at the right time, but they'd been there before. I just saw them in a different light, if that made sense. I mean, I decided to study clinical hypnotherapy and it wasn't to be a hypnotherapist, it was to help myself because I was having a breakthrough moment. Um, I'm studying for the last two years spiritual companion and probably not to become a, 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 you know, a spiritual companion, but really to develop my own spirituality. So I'm a um, person that loves to learn and sometimes books are a great way of learning or listening to a podcast or an interview, but sometimes you have to do the practical work and I, I quite enjoy doing the practical work as well. So I think when you start to look out for who you truly are, that's when you really start to find what it is you, that truly ignites your life. And I think that's really important to ignite your life and ignite your passion. What is a spiritual companion? A spiritual companion is somebody that would help you on your spiritual journey. Um, it's somebody, I suppose, it can be in a church-based. It depends what if you have Christian values, then you can find one in the church. But there's somebody that really just helps you connect with who you are. You might bring to your companion how you're feeling. And really what they are, it's a deeper form of listening. I call it soul listening. So although it's a spiritual companion course, I call it soul listening. What I'm really doing, um, some people have said in the past, you know, you're really psychic or you're very, um, you're picking up, you, you seem to know a lot of things. And some people, they came to be psychic. But I'm not, not saying they, maybe they are, but what I really believe that we are is that we're able to tap into somebody else's soul. So all you're doing is reflecting back to them. When you deeply listen to somebody and you connect with them in a really meaningful, honest way with love, you can reflect back to them something that perhaps they know, but they are, you know, keeping it in their subconscious. So when you go to spiritual companionship, what they're doing is they're listening to you deeply and you might say something to them and they'll reflect that back to you. And through that reflection, there can be a great breakthrough and insight into your own growth as a person. Um, so they listen and they gently guide you on your path. Many people develop other kind of spiritual practices that feed their soul. Like it could be, as I mentioned, praying or meditating or yoga or walking or energy healing or Reiki or journaling or anything. But a companion is kind of like a counselor for the soul. And they try to help you connect with your higher self, your higher power. And just it's a reflection of your own life, but it's very gentle. And it's unlike counseling in the sense that they don't tell you what you should do because everything that you need to know is already within you. As you come into this life, I believe you come in with the very what you want to do in life. So, you know, you have your own um, perfect map for how your life should be navigated. Um, but sometimes we go off, off our trail and that's OK as well. Yeah, it would be cool if we could just pull out the map and see where we're going, you know? But maybe we can. Maybe you just need to take a little bit of time of stillness and believe that, you know, this is your heaven and, and anything is possible. And it, when you take that stillness, great insights. What often can happen is you can have a great insight. And I, I believe you follow your own path and you obviously had an insight at some time to say, I'll connect to Andrea. 
Um, but then some people wouldn't connect, but you did. You followed it up with that connection. And then maybe I lapsed this evening because I forgot about the exact time, but you followed that up again. So when you have that insight or that aha moment, you have to follow it up with action and then momentum. And you have to use that momentum and action to push things forward because when you're moving forward and in flow, things will manifest for you in a really organic, beautiful way. You have to hear the sign, be aware of it, put action and momentum and flow into it. And I I think, you know, great things will happen. Um, That's what I believe anyway. And I think that we should all imagine ourselves as divine and that you know we are perfect just the way we are and look at all of creation and everything around us as one and that anything is possible it's hard to look sometimes look on life like that you know if you've maybe spilled your coffee or if you're running late or you've had you've been in traffic or whatever but you just need to ground yourself again and really tap into who you are at a deeper level because when you are honest with yourself it's incredible what can happen i feel in life totally agree and it shows you that honesty is the, the best policy in all works of life you know mm, yeah I, I think so what is uh, chronic hypnotherapy what is hypnotherapy is it yes well, hypnotherapy is very simple. It's um, something that's used to help people go into their subconscious and retrain their brain. So when you study hypnotherapy, you're trying to give people kind of auto-suggestions. Um, and what, one of the biggest kind of people that inspired me was a French psychologist called Emile Coué. And he was born in 1859, I think, up thereabouts. But he, he was the author of Self-Mastery Through Conscious Auto-Suggestion. So auto-suggestion, is giving your brain an auto-suggestion such as, Aaron, you are going to be an amazing author and best-selling author one day. Aaron, you will live the life that you want to live or have a TV program or have a best-selling you know, book, whatever. So you put those auto-suggestions in as you are relaxing people into the alpha brain state. So the alpha brain state is, again, where people go into if they're doing things like meditation, Tai Chi, people can get it from even watching a movie. You know, it's whatever relaxes the brain from being in the fight or flight, which is kind of the stress mode, which we sometimes go through our day in fight or flight stress mode. And what we need to kind of click into is the relaxation mode. And it's been scientifically proven that that's a different part of our brain. I think it was David Spiegel that did this kind of um, hypnosis exercise. And he had scientific evidence that shows that People were scanned and different parts of their brain show different things. So hypnosis is something that is, you know, scientifically proven to work. And I knew that it would be something that would help me with my um, pain. But during that time, as you mentioned, I, I had a kind of thirst for knowledge and I studied with Doreen Virtue, who I, you know, I don't know if you know, but she's like a big angel card. Reader from Hay House and Radley Valentine and a mutual friend of ours, Dayton Story, who does some Reiki healing. So. I just really was trying to really go to anybody that could help me with my pain, but it was the principles of hypnosis. And when I combined them with my maybe alternative healing modalities and alternative way of looking at life, that that it really started to shift how I felt. But hypnosis is, um, is something that can be really powerful and a good hypnotherapist can help you make permanent and positive changes in your life to do with maybe your diet or your pain or whatever way you see your life. And as I said, self-hypnosis is something that we can all do to give ourselves positive auto-suggestions. There's lots of my website, andreae.ie, but there's actually a really good healing hypnosis that I um, made for myself, spent a lot of time writing it and making sure that it works. So hypnosis is really just 
going into the subconscious and the the alpha brain state and you know rewiring the brain it's the principles again those underlying principles of neuroplasticity that the brain is has the ability to change itself constantly by creating those new neural pathways and that's what hypnosis helps you do it's fascinating how hypnotherapy is like a computer programmer with code in the brain it can change whatever you feel internally it's incredible because hypnosis or NLP, neuro-linguistic therapy, um, is something that's used, you know, people who are great statesmen or leaders would, would use things like this to help them win elections or, you know, go into the boardroom. But hypnosis is not that. It's a relaxed state of alternative kind of an intensive concentration that your your consciousness and that critical mind is resting temporarily. And when that resting we can go into the subconscious mind and you're feeling more comfortable and relaxed and in that state you can you know send the auto suggestions but even the wording that people use and the internal um self-talk that we tell ourselves is very important because we might be waking up every day and giving ourselves hundreds of messages that are really negative but we're totally unaware um, but when you are in hypnosis, it's not a sleeping state. That's important to mention. It's kind of like um, a deeply relaxed, a trance-like state, but you are alert and awake. But in that alpha trance state, you can really, as you said, rewire the machine. You can absolutely tell yourself new auto-suggestions. And it's a great way not only for controlling pain, but it can really help your subconscious mind to open and once it gives you permission and once you give yourself permission to believe anything, anything is possible. So if you tell it enough positive messages every day and if it really believes it, then you can absolutely achieve anything. And, and I do think that it's great to explore self-hypnosis. Um, it has to be positive, but it's, there's lots of things that you can do. The subconscious, so you know, our subconscious mind tends to favor the negative. So we kind of reinforce negative messages and we have to tell ourselves positive messages more to believe them. And fear is a terrible thing. I think fear can stop us from doing many things. So you have to start with a positive mindset. I think that's a really good thing. But if anybody's interested, there's the Kue method. I mentioned Emil Kue, that famous guy. He had a mantra. And his mantra for auto-suggestion is something that I always say. And it is, every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. So just if you have that simple mantra or auto-suggestion or, you know, I, I don't know what they call them now, like, you know, my, yeah, I suppose it's a mantra or um, what is it that they, they use for that? But his, his auto-suggestion is every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. The word I was thinking of is affirmations. A lot of people call these things affirmations now. He used to call them auto-suggestions. So every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. That's all you need to say, Alan. Every day in every way I'm getting better and better so if you're ever feeling overwhelmed by anything just relax your mind and say every day in every way I'm getting better and better interestingly what I'd be doing unconsciously all my life is saying thy kingdom come with me thy will be done with me this day so I used to say prayers in a kind of mantra or to suggestion kind of way and there was somebody called Florence Shin in the early 1920s I was very inspired by and she would similarly kind of look at prayers and say them in a different way like one of the things that's written in the bible as a man thinketh, so shall he be so our thoughts really do create our reality so 
be careful of your thoughts and, and kind of rewire and change what you think. And if you do it consistently and persistently, you might find that your life starts to change and great things start to manifest because what you think about suddenly starts coming into your life. You don't have to think about how it's going to happen, how you're going to become a best-selling author, Aaron. You just have to say, every day and every way I'm getting better and better, and I will fulfill my dream of becoming a best-selling author. Send it out to the universe, you've planted the seed, and just let it grow and happen. You don't have to worry about how to navigate it, but if you do have an idea and a feeling, then you do have to put momentum and action behind it, and in each day you'll get closer and closer to whatever it is that goal is. It's like when you when you put seeds in the ground, you you know, you don't dig them up. Nothing will grow if you keep, you know, pulling it out of the ground. You know, it's not happening. I can't see anything. Often the greatest things in our lives are manifesting when we can't see them. So just think about that seed that's going in the ground. We, we can't hear it. We can't see anything. But, you know, great roots and great foundations are being built upon. And then suddenly something, a shoot will just happen and your life can change. And then your life will just start to blossom and blossom. And before you know it, this amazing thing that you planted the seed for maybe last year or the year before will start to blossom and bloom. So you have to trust, believe and allow yourself to achieve. Awesome. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, tell us about your interest in editing the wedding magazines. Well, that's just a job I do for a friend, really. Um, so I, I'm kind of like writing and I like reading. And I've known the team with the Irish Wedding Diary for over 20 years. So there's lots of little jobs that I do on the side um, that I've done for many years. Like today, I was emceeing an event in the IDM. I'm writing and two new books now. I don't know if they'll ever be published, but they're things that I'm very interested in. So even as a TV producer and as a content maker, I'm always working on things behind the scenes. So um, being the editor of the Irish Wedding Diary is something I, you know, I've just been involved with for many years because I know the team of the Irish Wedding Diary. So I would just be, you know, looking over the magazine and making sure that the right things are in. But there's a massive team behind what we do. So it's just a little thing that I do. And I think weddings are a very positive, happy event in people's lives. Um, similarly, as I mentioned, I'd be a grief minister, which is on the total opposite end of that. So free in my church, I would minister people who are going through bereavement. And we do five-week bereavement courses um, through Bethany, which is a free service. So there's lots of different kind of things that I'm interested in that I, I, I kind of do. But as I said, if you ignite whatever your passion is, then your light, you know, your light will shine and your, your life will have lots of color and meaning in it. So you have to be willing to do the things that really ignite your life. And I think that's what the new book is all about, Mind, Body, Soul Journal. Because what I realized was after I wrote Paint Free Life or my Life Goals Journal, I still didn't feel fulfilled. But what I had missed out on was the soulful part of my spiritual need. You know, you need to refuel the brain, refuel the body, but you do have to refuel that spiritual part of yourself as well. And I think when the mind, the body and soul is in balance, then it's like the trinity you are your divine self and it's difficult to keep it balanced but we need to kind of consistently and persistently work on it so that's how I feel and I suppose it's an inside out plan many people in this life look at the outside and want to look fit and healthy and beautiful on the outside but for me it was all about going inside and really starting a solid foundation of what I wanted to achieve inside so the wedding I'll go back to the question I know I'm kind of going around in circles but the Irish Wedding Diary magazine is just something I've done with friends for many many years 
um, and it's just a, a little kind of sideline thing that I really enjoy doing and uh, it's a joy to be part of the RDS show as well I MC the Ride of the Year show um, twice a year as well in the RDS just shows that you're wearing so many hats at once but they're all connected to content making yeah it's, it is it's created it's creativity and it's producing I mean as I said at the start my background is in production so whether I'm producing TV shows producing books producing babies um, producing affirmations like I have a studio here at home and I've, last night I was making the new you know fourth meditation and it's something I've been working on for a long time I would adjust it it's like if you're making a cake you know I always have the ingredients but I would adjust how much time I put into it or you know just adjusting it constantly to make sure that it's the perfect cake or the cake that works for me but then everybody's taste is different so I may have worked on my meditation for ages and then you listen to it and go actually that's not very good so it really just is what resonates with you if my hypnosis or meditations or affirmations don't work there's so many free stuff on the web on, on anybody's website but on the internet so don't be afraid to you know go out and find what is I, I one of the I think the chapters in the new book is your vibe attracts your tribe so you know go whatever your vibe is and you'll then suddenly meet this tribe of people who are similar to you so I never say my the way I do things is right it just is what works for me but it has worked for other people because the books have become bestsellers and you know people have created great goals or particularly with the new book mind body soul already i'm getting some really good feedback that you know and it's only been released you know maybe a couple of months i think just before christmas um it was a January launch, so it was only launched in January, but people are really enjoying it, so that's really good to hear, but I didn't write them for them, I actually wrote them because I wanted to help myself. Now, the, the, I suppose the Dog Tales book was a little bit different because it was for um, Dog Trust, which is a, a charity that's very close to my heart, and I was actually delighted, I don't know if you know, that movie, Marley and Me, the author of Marley and Me, John Grogan, actually pre-read Dog Tales for me, which was really nice, and he was saying, you know, it was a powerful book that no animal lover will ever be able to resist. And he said, you know, it was really heartwarming tales of rescue dogs who rescued their owners right back. And that was incredible that this really best-selling author from America, John Grogan, would very kindly give me a cover quote. So that's really nice, you know. So things, as I said, just seem to manifest for me. But I am a content maker and I only make what my heart desires. And I always stay within the realm of, is this serving me? Am I bringing my full true self to it am I inspired to talk to Aaron yes I am inspired to talk to Aaron well then I'll do it but if there isn't a true level of honesty and you know if I'm not resonating with it I won't do it and some opportunities kind of pass me by and people think god that would have been great it would have been a great tv show or radio show or another book and and it, it didn't resonate with me so I kind of don't do it if it doesn't resonate when you pick an idea to do what's your process of creativity I cook ideas for a long time. I, I, I call it their percolation. You know, it's like making coffee. I have, I think, about 500 notes on my phone. So ideas come to me all the time and I write them down. And then I'll collate all of the notes potentially on, um, I email them to myself then. And, you know, suddenly I can find I've written 20,000 words on a theme, but I've no quite 
no anchor or anything like that. So I'm constantly writing. I journal, so I journal all the time. So I'm constantly journaling, writing. It could be a word. It could be a big, long journal entry. But my process is that that concept of whatever I'm working on never really leaves me until it's funny, fledged out, um, and some things take longer than others. Like a lot of my books have manifested, it would appear to other people quite quickly, but actually I've been living, as I said, like that for a long time. So this is just a process that's worked for me and the Mind Body Soul Journal. I've been living that way for a long time now. So it just is, I, these are the steps that work for me. And I know they'll work for other people similarly with the Life Goals Journal. And Pain Free Life was actually basically my journal just in book form. They were my honest journal entries. So it's a, it's a hard, not a hard read. It's a very honest read. It's, it's one of those warts and all read where I'm very honest because it came out of my diary. It's like somebody dipping into my diary, which would have been an absolute horror to think of when I was 10, 12, 14, 16. I've been writing journals all my life. But um, yeah, my process is I just don't stop. I just keep allowing the ideas to come and then suddenly I just bring them together. Now what can put parameters on that is that if you sign a contract to create a program or if you have to write a book, you have deadlines. So you then you're in, I'm at the moment in pre-production of a lot of ideas and then when I go into production, I focus and I sit down and I will write it. And then post-production is the polishing, it's the editing, the re-editing, and constantly going back on the work and making sure that it's correct. You know, checking it, checking your sources, whatever it is that you're doing, checking the edit, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So when I go into production mode, I can be very swift. And at the moment, I'm in pre-production of lots of different ideas, and I just allow them germinate. And then the ones that are the strongest ones that I really resonate with will kind of, as I said, push through. And I just, you know it's something that's right for you when you just can't, but do it so like pain-free life I just couldn't not write that book and I I was not an author I was you know I was a TV presenter I never thought that I would write four books and never mind one best-selling book Um, so it's just it was just one of those things you know I just think you need to trust and I don't see any limits I think we're limitless so don't imagine any limits and certainly this is a big big message for me and I know it's not cool to say this but I think we should start counting our blessings not counting our followers or not counting our likes instead of counting our likes wake up every morning and like yourself Aaron I think that's so important just to like yourself you know and don't worry about who's following you just follow your own heart and 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 that has been my biggest revelation and particularly in this moment of social media being so important and particularly with my industry they're like go make sure you've got the followers or make sure I just it doesn't really interest me now I have I'm obviously on social media and I like to engage with the small number of people that I do but it's not you know something that I am driven to do I think we should really never use it as a yardstick of how good you are because people put up the best versions of their life on it and it's probably not all true but what is true is in your heart so allow the truth to shine and I think that that's the best affirmation or the best like or follower that you can have is you're following yourself and liking yourself yeah that's that's completely right um (laughs) with your your first book with the diary that must have taken a lot of guts to produce it from the diary to to a hardcover book Kind of. I mean, it did. It actually took me the longest to write because I suppose I didn't know I was writing it. It took me like almost a year to write. But I wasn't a writer. I'd never written before in a kind of a a way that people would read it. So the first draft was totally scrapped by the editor. They liked the idea of the book and they're like, no, I don't like the way I've broken it up. 
So they wanted to write my story, and of course they were right, because when you're reading a book, it's about reading a story. So um, when you, if you're interested in writing a book, you know, don't be afraid to write it a book and think it's great, and then for an editor to say, no, that's not right, and rewrite it, because writing is rewriting, and I've learned that. So I don't mind rewriting anything now, because it's a process, and it makes it better. So, um, yeah, I was very, very nervous. I'm nervous about everything that I put out, and I just always have to pray that I do it with the right sentiment, and my heart is in the right place, and, you know, maybe if one person likes it, if one person gets some sort of inspiration, then I've done it for the right reason. But you have to make sure that your ego is not there. It's very easy to get attached to ego in this world that really salutes people who write books or in the media or whatever and they don't salute the unsung heroes who are the people who are helping the homeless or helping dogs or you know doing free charity work in the church unfortunately they never get on the television or they never get an interview on the radio and maybe they're the people who have the better stories so I have a really unusual relationship with the media while I'm in the media and I love it and some of the best work that I've done has been through the media I, I often think that it, it can be you know very oh, you just have to be careful everything has a slant on it you know you know I think um, it's a great medium but it's, you just I think you have to remain very grounded and realize that, that you know you can't believe your own hype just because you've been on TV or you've written books or you've TV shows change you you're the same as everybody else we're all people we're all navigating this path through life so nobody's better than anybody else just because of what they do or say or whatever you know I just I, I kind of I feel that's what I feel anyway you know why you get nervous with projects because I put my heart and soul into them and it's my ego that's nervous not me that's what I say that's when your ego comes in because really my ego is worried that people will judge me but I shouldn't worry about people judging me because it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me what people think of me is their business not mine but we often allow our ego in and that fear that comes in is the fear that stops us from catapulting forward and doing things that will lead us to our higher self so when I feel the fear I mean there was a book written about it feel the and do it anyway but when I feel the fear I know it's my ego and I have to kind of really sit with what's really going on um, and making sure for example if something isn't a success so what you know it doesn't matter that doesn't make me a better person or it doesn't make me a bad person you know so it shouldn't define you so I, I just have to really ground myself in the business that I'm in because the business I'm in is all about selling books so that would be about numbers or TV ratings it would be about how many people watched your show or with the radio Jane and our figures so everything is measured by an external yardstick so often you can suddenly become a commodity and not a person you know when my ego gets involved my ego tells me oh it might not rate or it might not do well and then you'll you know you won't be perceived well but I just have to step away from the ego let go and let God and just trust that it's all going to work out okay and it generally has and if it hasn't I haven't noticed yet anyway so it's okay <laughs> Or I don't take it too seriously. I'm, I'm still the same person. You know, it doesn't bother me. So, you know, people don't like my work. That's fine. They don't have to read it or watch it or, or listen or whatever. You know, I'm just I'm just a person trying new things. I think everybody has a story to tell. That's what I believe. And people have better stories than others. And, you know, we all, it's all about just, you know, using your voice. And if I find that if you're a young person, or I wish I, could, I had, I believed in the power of my voice earlier. And I wish I believed in my voice because we all have a unique voice and don't be afraid to allow your voice to be heard and speak your truth i think that's really important if there was one person you met in the street and they said andrea do you have one piece of advice what would it be 
love yourself unconditionally and just look at yourself right now exactly where you are and say I am perfect just the way I am every day in every way I'm getting better and better I am perfect you know we always try to love ourselves but I had conditions like my ego you know are you going to be good at this but just love yourself unconditionally you have to love yourself first before you can love anybody else but love yourself unconditionally and that is like it doesn't matter if you are you know living on the street you said I would meet a person on the street if you're living on the street it doesn't matter where you're living it doesn't matter what's around you the fact that you're breathing means that you are so blessed the fact that you can walk talk use all your limbs is such a blessing the fact that you can read you can write whatever little small blessing that you have just salute that bless that and I find you know unconditionally love yourself bless yourself bless the people you meet bless every part of your body and say wow I'm just a living miracle just by being me the perfect person that I am so unconditional love that's my one piece of advice just love yourself unconditionally I was reading your bio before we hopped on this call and you mentioned your dog four-legged friend Dash Um, tell us how you guys got together Oh, poor Dash. He's getting older and it's breaking my heart. But Dash, I feel, I've dedicated a book to Dash. Dog Tales was dedicated to my dad and Dash. And my other two books were to my daughters. And the first book was to all people in pain. But Dash is, funny enough, bizarrely, and we're, you know, kind of coming to an end, I suppose, with unconditional love there. But we um, brought Dash into our lives um, through somebody who had a litter of dogs in the country. And it just so happened that the day we were to collect the dog was Valentine's Day. It wasn't planned, wasn't anything that was orchestrated, but I hadn't become engaged to my husband at that time. Dash is 15. Um, we're married 14 years now, or they're about 13, nearly 14, I think. But we got engaged. I, before I got engaged, I said, you know, a dog is even more, it's like bigger than being engaged because it's it's unconditional love. A dog is love. You know, we'd have to unconditionally love this dog. It's a commitment. So Dash came into our lives um, on February the 14th and he is amazing. And I think I can hear him every time I hear his name. He'll probably be into the room now very shortly. He's an amazing dog, but he is 15. He's getting old, but I love him with every beat of my heart. He's been such a blessing in my life and I know he's going to have to pass on soon and I'm aware of that, but I just feel so blessed that he has been part of our family and been part of our story of love and he's given us so much love and helped me through so many dark times um we just got him just after my dad passed away as well so he was a great um medicine for my pain he um really cured me of a lot of pain that i was feeling and that's why i was so attracted to do the companionship with people who have maybe had grief or loss because i understand the the pain of having actual pain but then the pain of losing a parent or you know losing babies or other loss you know so it's something that I'm very aware of but Dash is incredible he's nearly 15 and thank you for mentioning him because he is total unconditional love and that's the thing that we should all give each other and give ourselves if we can give the gift of unconditional love and that's often what animals do they will love you unconditionally they're incredible so if you have an animal and you're listening cuddle them a little closer and love them a little bit more and maybe start to love yourself just a little bit more as well Andrea, I want to say thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing what you got to share. Thank you, Aaron. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to send you blessings of abundance and happiness and joy because I know great things are going to manifest for you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sanseat.com. 
That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.